Uh, but especially when I get to preach in English, I enjoy it a little bit more. And so uh, I, I enjoy preaching in any language, but definitely um, when I get to preach in English, it's a little bit more of a joy for me. Uh, it seems that I can just express myself a little bit easier, and uh, God sometimes gives us an opportunity to do that, sometimes in Spanish, but either way, it's a, it's a joy. Um, I, I, I enjoy being in the house of the Lord. I enjoy hearing the, the songs that we sang and just praising God. Uh, you know, one of the things that I feel that distinguishes us um, as a church is the priority of preaching, and I think that we, uh, we put an emphasis on that, and uh, though our orchestra, our piano, our music, I think is amazing, and uh, we love to worship God, and that's phenomenal, uh, but I, I think one of the things that definitely distinguishes us is the priority of preaching, and so I enjoy that, and I'm glad for that because we know that that is uh, truly what God uses in so many ways in our lives, and so we're so thankful for that. I, however, would have wished uh, that we could have had one more special this morning. Uh, please be praying for my wife. She would have uh, brought the special this morning, but we have been in our home struggling with some sickness, and it was going around. Uh, my little ones had it, and, uh, and now my wife has it, and she was determined to sing this morning. She came ready, and, uh, and it just that voice is just not there, and uh, I said, no, no, you don't need to do that. And so uh, we're going to skip that this morning. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 is where we want to be this morning. And on another Sunday, we'll have the opportunity and privilege to hear that. I'm excited about what God is doing um, uh, through uh, her ministry and, and being able to sing and worship her, worship God through her voice. And so uh, that'll be a different occasion. But Hebrews chapter 3, uh, I hope you're ready to learn. I uh, hope you're ready to, to, to uh, find some truths out with me. Um, I, I definitely don't have everything figured out. And, and together we want to learn this morning uh, some truths from God's Word. We live in a very uh, important time, um, and being here this morning, uh, God has a purpose for having brought us together. God has a reason for which he has brought us to this point. He's the reason for which he brought you to this uh, service this morning, and, and there's a reason why he brought me. And so together we want to open God's word and uh, find some direction, find some things that will hopefully uh, show us some truths that we need to apply to our lives. Um, our generation needs this. Our generation needs truth. Our generation is in desperate need of truth. And in Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verses initially 7 through 10 of Hebrews chapter 3. And um, I want to express that I believe that this morning's topic is, is one of those things that it's broad, but it's applicable in a very specific way of your life and in my life. And so I, I, I think our generation needs this. I think our generation, I think I need this this morning. And so I find that in Hebrews chapter 3 in verses 7 through 10, we, sign, we find some important verses. It says this in verse number 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they, do, and they have not known my ways. In verse 11, let me go ahead and read that. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Um, obviously, the author of Hebrews is here speaking to um, a, 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 a specific group of people that would understand where this is coming from. That disobedient generation was obviously the Jewish uh, generation, the Jewish people that at a time um, did not uh, believe God, did not do what uh, God had asked them to do as they came out of, the, out of the land of Egypt, and they were supposed to go to the promised land following God's 
God's man, God's leader, and Moses. And, and um, they, the Bible here uh, is speaking about that. And um, in fact, the whole chapter 3 is speaking about Christ's superiority over Moses and how even there, this generation, that, that the immediate um, receptors of Hebrews uh, were, were able to embrace what that generation did not embrace. And he was trying to uh, reflect that the author was. But I find some truths here that are very applicable to me and to, and to you this morning. You see, we have a generation that, much like this disobedient generation, does not know the ways of God. And this morning, that's all I want to speak about. I want to talk about, about God's ways. I want us to focus, and I want you, if you get nothing else this morning, if you're the kind that five minutes in, you tune out, and screensaver goes on, if before you tune out and you go into screensaver, if you get nothing else, think about this. God's ways, God's ways. God's ways are important. God's ways are what our generation needs. You see, we live in a generation that has turned its back on God's ways. We live in a generation that has absolutely wanted to rip out of the fabric of our lives, out of the fabric of our generation, God's ways. We want to live our lives as far as opposite from God's ways as possible. And you see, that brings about serious consequences. It, it brings about, I'm going to do it in a positive note, in a positive light, what God's ways brings, what God's ways has. But the void of that, the opposite of that is what I'm going to start with here in the beginning this morning. First, we'll pray and ask for God's direction and God's help. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for this, your word. Father, thank you for your spirit. Father, Father as, as Pastor Jeremy said, Lord, I ask that your spirit would do the work and that you would use me as a vessel to be able to uh, transmit your truth to this generation, to the people before me. Father, may it be something applicable to their lives, like in every aspect, Lord, every specific life here represented you have a purpose for. And having brought us to this moment this morning, there's a reason for it. I ask that you would help us to open our hearts, open our minds, and be willing receptors so that your spirit can do the work by taking your word and applying it to our hearts. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. It was um, uh, just a few days ago, February 27th. I'm speaking this morning that there is a need for God's ways. That, that our generation, when we extract God's ways uh, from our fabric of our life, there's problems, big problems. Um, I, I put it this way, it, it's a, or I didn't put it, but uh, you, you've heard it said, and I'm going to repeat it this morning. Uh, he, um, here in Hebrews chapter 3, he says this in verse number 8. It says, harden not your hearts. Um, truthfully, the issue of God's ways is a matter of the heart. Uh, truthfully, um, the, the, the heart of the, of, the, of the problem is a problem of the heart. And, and somebody said that many, many years ago, and it continues to be true. We find this morning that our generation has extracted God from God's ways from their heart. And man, we find that there are serious problems. Look at what it says in verse number 13 of Hebrews chapter 3. It says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. See, that's exactly the opposite of God's ways is sin. A sinful life, a sinful heart, a sinful lifestyle. That is the opposite of God's ways. And you say, well, what does that do, Pastor John? What does that end up looking like? Well, it ends up looking like uh, February 27th of this past year. Texas girl, 17 years old, stabs newborn to death, minutes after giving birth. 
Uh, this is a, a story that, that took place uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, just a few weeks ago, incredibly so uh, that we find this. Uh, this is Thursday, uh, October 26, 2017, just a few months ago. Parents charged in death of infant found rotting in swing. Uh, this was a Colorado, uh, excuse me, an Iowa couple that uh, had um, uh, left their baby to die in a swing outside their house. And finally, almost it looks like a week later after the infant had died, Died in that swing, uh, a neighbor saw it as they were visiting the apartment. You see, uh, this is what happens with a nation that absolutely turns its back on God, that says God's ways will not be my ways. And this is the ultimate hardening of our heart brought on by the deceitfulness of sin. This is the end result of it. I won't go into the peculiars of this, but this was October 29, 2017, because of the profuseness of the... Um, vulgarity of this but husband and wife plead guilty in barbaric sex abuse of toddler they were babysitting a toddler for a neighbor and it appears that for several months there were literally barbaric acts done upon this child that eventually died because of it i'm talking about a generation that you and i live around i'm talking about a generation that that is the existence of the 2017 2018 these are the years that we're living in this moment and i'm talking about our generation has been devoid of god's ways and this is what we see as a result of that voidness in their life you see, we have a generation that has no foundation for truth. It has no foundation for morality. It has nothing to anchor itself in what is right and what is wrong. We have an entire generation that questions when you say, don't do that because that's wrong. You, you, can't, you can't act like that because that's wrong. You, they stand up and they say, you can't tell me what's wrong. I decide what's wrong and what's right. You see, we've ripped out this book out of every fabric of life. This is God's ways. And when we devoid ourselves, when we extract ourselves, when we say God's ways, God's word will not be part of my life, we are a, we are a society without a foundation. And that is my first point this morning. God's ways provide a firm foundation. God's ways provide a firm foundation. You see, as, as individuals, as an individual yourself this morning, you need a life built on a firm foundation, therefore you need God's ways. You see, God's ways provide us, they give us something so important. They give us a firm foundation on which we can build our lives. Everything that is of substance in our life needs to be built on the firm foundation that comes through God's ways. The reason why we study and we examine on a morning like this God's word, a reason why we come and we submit ourselves to being able to listen and to, and to hear what God has to say is because God's ways give us that anchor. It gives us that firm foundation on which we can build our lives. You see, when you build a young life, when you build a 14, 15-year-old life on that firm foundation, then you get to be 23, 24, and you build a firm foundation of a marriage based upon God's ways. You see, when you're able to start instilling God's ways as the foundation for your young life, for your young habits, for your young things that you do, uh, your activities, your entertainment, all of a sudden God's ways are that foundation on which you will build a godly family one day. 
You see, God's ways, they give us that firm foundation because we we said initially that the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. The the heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. And so when, when we have God's ways instilled in us, it provides in our hearts that foundation of this is what God says. This is how God wants me to act because it it gives me that foundation on which I can build my life. I I, I am, uh, I'm I'm 37 years old. I've been saved uh, for more than 20 years and I'm thankful to God every chance I have to listen to a message. I I listen to a lot of podcast messages. I listen to a lot of uh, different uh, opportunities to hear a message. I love to go places to hear somebody preach live. I love to to, to watch YouTube videos with preachings. I I love, because to me, you see, God's ways, they come through God's word, and and I'm thankful for that, and I'm I'm thankful for God's, the preaching of God's truth, because that, that foundation of God's ways, it requires the building blocks of, of, of the infusion of God's truth every step along my life. And it doesn't matter whether you're here this morning as a 15-year-old Christian who's, who's only been saved for a year or two, or whether you're here as a, uh, a 50 or 60-year-old Christian who's been saved for some time. We all need to be tethered to the anchor. We all need to be building our lives on God's ways and the firm foundation that it brings. When you talk to, to talk to young people in today's generation, they don't know where they're going. They don't know what the purpose of their life is. They have nothing that keeps them safe and secure because they're not building their lives on the firm foundation of God's ways. God's ways definitely give us a firm foundation. Not only that, God's ways, they give us the fulfillment of purpose the fulfillment of purpose. Uh, You see, um, it says in in verse number nine of Hebrews chapter three, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. Um, During those 40 years, do you remember what the children of Israel were doing? What were they doing during those 40 years of of the wilderness? Wandering. Wandering, right? Because they did not accept God's ways, because they did not, were not open to God's ways, because they were not accepting and building their lives on God's ways, therefore they did not believe God's ways, therefore they wandered. You know what we have today is a wandering generation. We have a generation that does not have fulfillment of purpose. And so therefore, we're going to do this over here for a while, and we're going we're gonna to tinker around with this sin and that sin. And you know what? I'm going to date a guy now. Now I'm going to date a girl. And you know what? Now I'm going to become a guy. Now I'm going to become a girl. We're wandering around. We don't have a clue what we're doing as a, as a generation, as a society. We're lost. We're wandering. We don't have the fulfillment of purpose because we do not want to accept God's ways. God's ways are something that we are opposite against. Oh, in, in today, God's ways, you see this week, there was a senator that brought in the new CIA director and, and demanded for him to answer whether or not he believed that gay sex was immoral. That, that, that is one of the leaders of our nation saying what a big problem it is for the new leader of the CIA to have those kind of oh, just completely fanatical beliefs. You see, as a generation, we don't want to accept God's ways. We, we, we want to go the opposite of God's ways, which again, it, said, it was said many, many years ago by a wise man, there's just two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. 
You see, there is no middle ground. Either you accept God's ways or you're going to install your own ways. And my ways lead to all the articles that I just read. My ways lead to the deceitfulness of sin that tells me I'm doing right while I'm doing everything completely wrong. And in the process, we find that the suicide rate is going through the roof. In the process, we find marriages and homes that are destroyed and that are raising a generation. You know, one one thing I find amazing about this whole gun debate and the mass shootings, go ahead and, and investigate how many of those mass shooters came from a good home with a mom and dad that loved them and cared for them and, cho- and showed them right from wrong. You won't find a single one. See, we can rip out all the guns from any person that we want, but at the end of the day, the problem, the heart of the problem is a problem of the heart. Don't, 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 don't misconstrue, don't lose sight of what the Bible teaches us. You see, we can't solve man's problems by man himself. We can't fulfill man by man himself. Therefore, fulfillment of purpose comes from God's ways. Young person this morning, couple this morning, Christian this morning, Are you wandering a little bit in your life? Is there a little bit of lack of purpose and direction in your life? Maybe you need to come back and say, man, where am I at in regards to applying and living in God's ways in my life? Because see, God's ways give fulfillment of purpose. Go with me to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. You still with me this morning? You guys with me? I know, I know, I know the 930 crowd, we don't say amen, we, we do, we're just quiet, always listening, paying perfect attention. I love it, I love it. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, uh, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You see, God's word, God's ways bring about the fulfillment of purpose. It accomplishes what, that's what fulfillment means. It means, it means to accomplish something, a desire. It means to accomplish something. You see, God, God's ways, it gives fulfillment. It gives purpose. Oh, he says, look, my ways are not your ways. Therefore, if we know that our ways are not God's ways, As we extract God out of the fabric of our education, out of the fabric of our home, out of the fabric of our politics, out of the fabric of our businesses, out of the fabric of our business practices, as we extract God and God's ways out of that, the only thing left to fill that void is my ways. And as my ways and my thoughts come into into my life, then all of a sudden that, that, that purpose, that fulfillment of purpose that God promises to accomplish in Isaiah 55, it does not come to fruition in my life. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't come to fruition in my marriage. And all of a sudden I want my husband to make me happy or satisfied. I want my wife to make me happy and satisfied. And God says, look, you're looking for fulfillment and a purpose through another person and that doesn't happen. Oh, but it's because, uh, you know, I, I want, you know, I want uh, this leader to be what gives me purpose. I, I, I want this job, this career. You don't understand. If I get that job, then everything will be good. If I'm able to finish this degree, then I will have purpose. I will have fulfillment. No, God says, no, my ways are what give you fulfillment and purpose. 
My ways are what will accomplish what you cannot accomplish in and of yourself. This morning, dear Christian, as we look at at God's word, as we look at this Hebrew uh, disobedient generation that did did not get to see the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose in their life, you know what happened at the end of those 40 days is that generation died off without seeing God's rest without seeing, being able to go into the promised land and all that God had promised them, it did not come to fruition. It, it was not accomplished in their life because they refused to accept God's ways. And you know what? In our generation, if, in my life, in your life, if we want God to accomplish what, what he wants to accomplish, what he began in us in salvation, he wants to fulfill it. He wants to complete it. He wants to make and paint that perfect picture of your life for something for his honor and for his glory. But as long as you are rejecting his ways, there's no chance that he can fulfill that purpose in you. We will die wandering in that wilderness. We will miss out on that purpose that God had for us. One thing I want you to take note of at this moment is this. Verse number 9 of Hebrews chapter 3, if you want to go back there, it says this. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. I want you to to notice something. Uh, Go with me to uh, Psalm 103. Psalm 103 and verse number 7. I believe this is the verse I'm looking for. Psalm 103 and verse number 7. <clears throat> says this in verse number 7. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. I want you to notice a little bit of a, of a difference there. There's the ways of God and there's acts of God. You know that as a young Christian growing up here in Iglesia Bautista Betania, many of you have been here since the nursery. Many of you have been here for the last 10 years or so of your life. And you know, you've been around, look man, we, we didn't have this property at one time and, and we prayed and, and there was godly families that gave and sacrificed. We didn't have a parking lot on one day and one day we prayed and we asked God to supply. We didn't have air conditioning in this half of the building and so we had to meet over there where the nurseries are and the youth room was and, and we had a little pulpit there and we had a little stage and 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 there were some great families that got a hold of God and there were some great people that 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 prayed and allowed God's ways to be fulfilled in their life and here you are and here I am and we are recipients of the acts of God and we can see the acts of God but do you understand young person that your generation needs to take up the mantle and say I want to see the ways of God I don't want to just hear and see the acts of God that took place and were fulfilled in another person with my parents or my grandparents or with so-and-so or with the families that were here at that time. No, I want God's ways in my life. I want to know God's ways. May God help us to have a burden because you see the fulfillment of purpose here for our church. It only comes through individuals like you. It comes through couples like you. It comes through families like you that say, oh, I want to know God's ways. I want to know God's ways. Notice that was the desire of Moses. Go with me to Exodus chapter 32, if I'm not mistaken. Exodus in chapter 32, and it says this in verse number 12 and 13. It says this, <clears throat> I believe this is it. I believe it's uh, 33, excuse me. Excuse me. <clears throat> 
says this, And Moses said unto the Lord, See that thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and that thou hast let me know uh, whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now uh, thy way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider this nation is thy people. Oh, what was Moses' desire? It was to know God's ways. It was to know God's ways. It was to know God. You know what? This morning, I hope you're not here to fulfill some religious requirement on your checkbox that you think you need or just to make mom and dad happy so they won't give you a headache for having come to church or just because you want to you hang around these other kids that you've gotten to know and they become your friends. May this morning, may our time that we come to church be a time where we open God's word, where we open our hearts to receive direction from God. May it be a, 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 an extension of our personal walk with God to know God for ourselves. Oh, the children of Israel, see, they got comfortable with just seeing God's acts. And they're like, ah, that's enough. Hey, I get to see what God's doing. I show up. I sit in the bench. I, I'm there. Yeah, but do you know God? Are you pursuing God? Do you want to know God's ways? Moses said, uh, that, that show me now thy way that I may know thee. I want to know you. I don't want to just know about you. Oh, how many Christians fill the benches of so many churches that are satisfied to know about God without knowing God. They'll go to church and they'll worship God uh, through the worship time. And they'll say, thank you, Lord. Oh, uh, you are such an amazing God. Praise God this morning. And we thank God. But then they'll go home and they never open their Bible. They'll go home and, and, and they, they don't remember anything that the preacher said in the preaching. And, and they don't apply a single truth to their, to their life. They don't change a single sin in their life. They don't try and extract their way and, fulfill God, and, put, and put God's way into their life. They're lost and they're wandering. They don't have fulfillment of purpose because they don't want to live under God's ways. This morning, may God guard us from that. May God help us to be able to say, God's ways, that is what I'm pursuing. It's a firm foundation on which I can live my life. It's a firm foundation on which I can build my marriage. It's a firm foundation on which I can build my family. It's a firm foundation on which I can build, build my business and build, build everything that God brings into my life based on that firm foundation of God's ways. Oh, may it be something that it will be that guiding post that is the fulfillment of God's purpose of my life. It gives me direction. It lets me know this is why I exist. Oh, that reminds me of something. This was, uh, when was this? Um, <clears throat> February 10th of this, yeah, this year, 2018. Couple sells, sells everything for sailboat. They sold all their belongings, sold everything they had, and they bought this sailboat. It sinks on day two. A Colorado couple said they sold everything they owned to buy a sailboat and set out for the open seas together. Within two days, their dream became a nautical nightmare. On their way to Key West, Towner Bradwell and Nikki Walsh's voyage abruptly ended in John's Pass of Madeira Beach, Florida, when their 28-foot sailboat struck something underwater Wednesday night. You know, we have a generation that is exemplified by that. We... we we, we, we give away our purity. We give away our purpose. We give away everything that we have and God's amazing plan for our life. And we sell it for a sailboat that's going to sink in two days. 
Young person, couple this morning, I'm begging you to consider God's ways. I'm begging you to pursue what Moses' heart was after. God, show me your ways because I need your ways. I want to know you. Because if I know you, then I'm going to have purpose in my life. I'm going to have purpose in my marriage. I'm going to understand why you gave me these children. I'm going to understand what it is you want me to do with my life. Though I go to work, and yes, I put in and I punch in my clock. And yeah, maybe I make windows. Or, or maybe I, I, I frame houses. Or, or maybe I ring up people at Walmart. But that is not my purpose. That is what I do to ultimately accomplish the purpose that God wants in my life, which is to reflect His glory in everything every aspect of my life as his light pours into me my light spills out into the world around me and so that i can have a purpose a fulfillment of purpose in my life telling you this morning god's ways are a firm foundation god's ways are a fulfillment of purpose but not only that god's ways are a future hope a future hope. Go back with me to Hebrews <clears throat> chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3 where we were at. And let's look at, <clears throat> going down that passage, let's look at verse number 11. It says there, <clears throat> let me make it there myself. It says there in verse number 11, So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Because they were uh, extracting God's ways and inputting their ways, then God did not let them have that future hope. So what is the opposite of that? Well, if we have God's ways, then we have a future hope. It, we have that salvation. We are saved by his life. Go with me to Romans chapter 5 as it lays this out in a very exact way for us. It says this in Romans chapter 5, and in fact, we can start in verse number. Number five, and it says this in Romans 5 and verse number 5. It says this, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have now received the atonement. You see, that future hope, it comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. This morning, if you want God's ways, it begins, first of all, with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because everything else is built upon that relationship. And that relationship was not started by you. Even if you were to come into that relationship this morning, uh, this, uh, what are we at, uh, April the uh, 15th? What's the day, the 15th? Am I correct? Even if April 15, 2018 is the day that you open your heart and you ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior, that relationship did not start there. You see, that relationship started way back before the foundation of the world when God in his sovereignty and love knew that man had, was not going to have any uh, chance, any hope of, of any future with him. Would it not be for the plan of salvation, the atonement? And here, Romans 5 expresses to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you realize that while you are still lost in your sins, uh, long before you committed that first sin, and long before you'll commit that last sin, Jesus Christ was willing to come to this earth and die for you by name, by sin. 
He was going to pay one by one every one of your sins. There is a future hope that comes through God's ways. Listen, Jesus Christ coming to this earth, Galatians 4.4 tells tells us, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. God had a plan, not us. We had no plan. We had no way of any future hope. The only hope we had was to try and make ourselves comfortable during this time while we were waiting for the eternal damnation of being separated from God for all of eternity. That was the only plan that we had for any, any comfort here on this earth. We had no way of escaping the doom that was placed upon us. But God's ways, God's ways came with a different plan. He said, you know what, I'm going to provide a perfect sacrifice so that every single person that chooses to place their trust in me will not die in their sin, will not be punished, will not have to suffer for all of eternity, lost without a purpose, lost without a hope. No, I'm going to provide my ways for a future hope. That, that rest in Hebrews chapter 3, um, we find is... Um, the promised land. And if you know anything about the Jewish story, um, when the Jewish people left the Egypt, they left Egypt, that was a, 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 a kind of a, a reflection of a, of a Christian leaving the world, right? And then when they entered into the promised land, it, the promised land is a reflection of heaven. It is the rest of God. And, and so here in, in, in Hebrews chapter 3, it's talking about that. And man, when we fulfill God's ways, when we allow God's ways to become a part of our life, Man, all of a sudden, we have a future hope of rest. I don't know about you, but some days I get really tired of wrestling with sin. Some days, sin just seems to just overwhelm me. Some days, I just get tired of having that constant struggle with sin. And one thing I'm really thankful for about God's ways is that there's a promise of a future rest. That future hope is the hope of resting in God where one day we'll be in a place where sin can't touch us, where we don't have to struggle with this flesh, where we don't have to struggle with God's ways or my ways. And this morning, what am I going to do? I want you to notice there, now that I mention that, it says in verse number eight, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Not only that, it says that in verse number uh, 13, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. God's ways are not something you can make a decision on today and never have to decide again. Let me tell you something. Some of you, you made a decision one day to let God's ways into your life, but then a week went by and you forgot to reflect and to, verse 13 says, exhort yourself and those around you daily daily that means today's victories do not guarantee tomorrow's victories today's victories today's allowance and opening of your heart as to god's ways does not guarantee that tomorrow god's ways will be there you have to say you know what i'm going i'm going to allow god today to rule in me. I'm going to allow God's ways today to be fulfilled and accomplished in me. I'm going, to, I'm going to be tethered to the foundation of God's word today because I need today's victory today. I need today's ways of God today. 
You see, uh, God, uh, he didn't stop speaking to, uh, to mankind. He, he didn't stop speaking to mankind after the, le- the last great revival. He, he didn't stop speaking to mankind. He, he left us his, his, in, uh, inher- uh, his inerrant word. He left us his uh, solid and completed and, 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 and for sure uh, knowledgeable word. And we're there. But every single day, you and I need to go to that source. We need to go to that fountain and we need to drink of it so that we can have God's ways poured into us that day. God's ways. God's ways bring about a firm foundation. God's ways bring about a fulfillment of purpose. God's ways bring about a future hope. I feel like there's some Christians, much like this guy that is in Romania. His name is Constantin Rilio. And he learned in January that he was dead. After more than 20 years of working as a cook in Turkey, the 63-year-old returned home to Romania to discover that his wife had had him officially registered as dead. He has since been living a legalistic nightmare of trying to prove to authorities that he is in fact alive. He faced a major setback Thursday when a court in northeastern city of Eslui refused to overturn his death certificate because his request was filed too late. The decision, the court said, is final. I am a living ghost, Relio told the Associate Press in a phone interview Friday from his home in Barlad, northeast Romania. I am officially dead, although I'm alive, he said. I have no income, and because I'm listed as dead, I cannot do anything. I'm fearful there's a lot of Christians in the year 2018 who are living because they have Jesus Christ in them. But because they've been in the world so long and because they've, they've, they've been ignoring God's ways for so long, it's hard to prove to somebody that you're alive. There's nothing that reflects that life in you. There's nothing to reflect that truly God's ways are what is guiding your life because we examine your life and there's nothing there. There's no truth, there's no content, there's no character, there's no integrity that reflect the God of all integrity, of all honesty, the God that reflects all love, and instead there's bitterness, there's anger, and instead there's an ignorance of truth, and instead there's an incorporation of my ways and my lifestyle, what brings me fulfillment, and all of that makes somebody may think that this isn't a live person, it's a dead person. You know what, if you find yourself there this morning, you say, man, man, I find myself a lot like Constantine. I feel like I'm a spiritual ghost. There's not much to reflect that I'm alive. And this morning, I need to do that. I need to ask God to help me start exhibiting his ways in my marriage, start exhibiting his ways in my life, start exhibiting his ways in the hallway of my school, Start exhibiting his ways in my bedroom, in my home. Start exhibiting his ways. Start letting his ways fill my life so that I can have a firm foundation, so that I can have a fulfillment of purpose, so that I can have a future hope and live in the reality of that future hope. May this morning we be absolutely challenged by a desire to live God's ways. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness this morning. Thank you for your love towards us. We ask and pray, Lord, if there be somebody here today that cannot put their finger on a calendar, cannot remember with certainty 
the day you became their Lord and Savior, the day they opened their hearts and asked you to forgive them of their sins, repented of their sins, and asked you to become their Lord and Savior. Father, in order for them to be able to live your ways, they have to first become, come into a full relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that if there's somebody here this morning that has not made that decision, that this would be the morning, that this would be the day in which that reality would come to place in their life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Perhaps that's you this morning. And you say, Pastor John, that's me. I never can remember a moment when I asked Jesus Christ to become my Lord and Savior when he became the forgiver of my sins and in which I allowed him to forgive me of my sins and become my Savior. But this morning, I'd like to make this morning that morning so that I can start living God's ways in my life. And this morning, I don't want sin to deceit me, to fool me, I want, I want God to reign in my heart. I want Jesus Christ to become my Savior. If that's you this morning, would you slip your hand up? I'd like to pray for you this morning. Is there somebody like that this morning? It says, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior, but I would this morning. God is knocking on the door of your heart, and you know he's calling you to do it. Will you be brave enough? Do you want that hope? Do you want that future hope? I'm offering it to you. Not me, but Jesus Christ is, because I have nothing, but Jesus has everything. Is there somebody like that? Just slip their hand up. I'd like to pray for you this morning. If that's you this morning, amen, God bless you. Anybody else that says, that's me this morning, that's me. God knows that I need him. Anybody else? Perhaps you're here this morning and say, Pastor John, I, I am a Christian, but man, I, I fit more into the category of Constantine. I, I, I'm not sure I'm giving enough signals of being alive. I'm acting a lot like I'm dead to God's ways. I'm acting like I'm a dead Christian. And tonight, this morning, I want God to help me to overcome some things in my life, to deal with some issues of the heart so that God can help me to start living in his ways. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand, Christian? I'd like to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands all over the auditorium. God bless you. Amen. 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 You may lower your hand. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you, Father, because you have not made us ignorant to your ways. You have left them there for us to be able to know you and know you through those ways. Like Moses said, show me your ways that I may know you. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would make us passionate about knowing your ways, knowing you, living in that truth. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that message, and I, I hope you were.